Welcome to Listen In. My name is Stephanie Gates, and I want to invite you to listen in on conversations I have with my friends as we discuss engaging college students with the gospel. Well, Chase, I am so thankful for the opportunity to have this conversation with you. Uh, we got to serve together for about five years uh, at BSM, and mm-hmm. one of the things that I appreciated the most uh, about you, just as a partner in ministry, one was your passion for the gospel and your desire to see students grow in their understanding of the Bible. And so I'm just thankful that we're going to get to have some specific conversations talking about those things. But before we start our conversation, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah. Well, Stephanie, thanks for uh, letting me talk with you. This stuff just gets me excited thinking about it. Like you said, we did work together for five years. Those are some of the best years of my life so far. It was sad to leave, but I did leave uh, about two years ago. I just really felt like uh, for me to fulfill the calling that God had for me, I needed to finish school. So my family and I moved up to Louisville, Kentucky, so that I could finish my master's at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. So that's where I've been for the last two years. Uh, I actually started working at our church, Clifton Baptist Church here in Louisville, which is a wonderful church. Uh, love all of our pastors here, everybody here. Uh, but I started working as a pastoral assistant last fall. So that's what I've been doing. I should be done with school in a year, Lord willing, and then uh, hoping to go preach somewhere after that. Well, you are one of my favorite preachers. And so any church that would get the <laughs> opportunity to have you be on staff, um, I think would be very, very blessed. That's very kind. The, the question I want us to talk about today is this. Why is it important for churches to intentionally create ways for students to learn how to study the Bible? And the reason I Mm. wanted to talk to you was you launched this training ministry in our BSM called MANA. And when you came and sat down and you said, Stephanie, I want to try this. I think I point blank told you, I don't know if that's going to work. You were casting this vision of almost a lecture based verse by verse study of just walking through books of the Bible. And I mm-hmm. thought, there's no way a college student is going to actually come and sit in another almost lecture-based class. And mm. you completely proved me wrong. And so <laughs> I want to hear from you kind of like why you felt called to start it and then what you saw happen yeah. and kind of how, what the format was. I remember when I, when I first got the idea, I think some of it was very selfish. I love teaching. I love opportunities to teach and, and I just got a bug that I wanted to create more opportunities to tell people about the Bible. And, uh, so, so that was just this internal motive that I had. But as we had been doing college ministry for a while, I was just more and more convicted that the students that we are ministering to, they're, they're, they're just in a post biblical society. They have, they grow up with no biblical knowledge. Um, it's not, you know, where you could take it for granted that even very famous Bible stories would be sort of a common cultural referent. They didn't even have that, you know? Um, and so just more and more as we're engaging with both Christian and non-Christian students, even the Christian students that had grown up in church were just so inferior in, in mm-hmm. knowledge of the Bible, especially the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And so knowing that there was that need and uh, knowing that I just 
wanted to to tell people about it. I thought, mm-hmm. you know, there's really no better way to study the Bible than to just sit down and read it. And uh, and I think the difficulty, especially with the Old Testament, that was where where it really came from. You know, if if these Christian students knew anything about the Bible, it was stories about Jesus and and the New Testament. But there were so many parts yeah. in the Old Testament that they were that they were just intimidated by. I think they couldn't place it contextually. I think they had a lot of questions. I think the non-believing students that they were talking to, those were the places that they would go with questions. You know, what do you do about the conquest of the promised land and God telling Israel to kill all of these nations that were there before? You know, what do you, what do you do about these heroes of the Bible having multiple wives? What do you do with weird food laws in Leviticus? And, you know, how can you say that, that this is wrong when you eat shrimp now, you know, things like that. And I, and I think, I think our students were like, I don't know how to answer those questions. And those really aren't, I mean, those, those are good questions, but they're not impossible questions to answer if you have a basic knowledge of how the Bible works. And so, yeah, I just thought, you know what? I just want to go from Genesis 1, just start reading it out loud. You know, Paul tells Timothy to dedicate himself to the public reading of Scripture. And I think that's how the church has done it for 2,000 years. You know, somebody just reads it and talks about it. And it doesn't have to be exciting. It doesn't have to be uh, flashy. It's just the Word of God doing what the Word of God does. And that was kind of the challenge that I felt. I think that was the challenge that I brought to you. You know, Stephanie, let's just fill this place with God's word. Let's explain God's word. And then let's let God through his word do some really cool stuff. Yeah. I think that's exactly what we had talked about. And when you first got started, you were looking specifically at the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch and Mm -hmm. trying to walk through that verse by verse. And so why did you choose those first books of the Bible? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the Pentateuch is foundational to everything else that happens in the Bible. You really cannot understand certainly the rest of the Old Testament, but I would even argue Jesus came as a fulfillment of what Moses laid down in Mm -hmm. in the Pentateuch, that so much of the Gospels, so much of what Paul is talking about, the book of Hebrews makes no sense if you don't know Israel's story in the first five books of the Bible. And as we talked to students, I found that many of the, you know, maybe they had some awareness of stories in Genesis. Maybe they knew a little bit about Exodus. Numbers was a mystery to them. You know, Leviticus was, you know, that Leviticus was the place where people would stop in their year long Bible reading plan. You know, they just didn't know what (laughs) they were doing. And so not only are these incredibly important books, but they were ones that our students were just didn't know how to read. We're having a hard time, a hard time reading. Um, and so just seeing how foundational it was, I thought this is the place to start. And these, these, you're unfamiliar with these books. Let's jump in at the very beginning. And so you would prepare sometimes multiple chapters for each week. And mm-hmm. literally the way that that would work is you would read and stop and explain, read and mm-hmm. stop and explain and provide mm-hmm. some space for questions. And, and so as you begin and students start coming and, Y'all are participating and wrestling with these first five books of the Bible. What did you see happen within the lives of students? Did they seem interested? Were they receptive? Were you starting to see them connect the dots when it came to scripture? 
It was really asking a lot, I think, of those students, um, especially given kind of the church culture that many of them had grown up in. And we framed it like that at the beginning, right? Where we said, hey, we're coming to do work, you know, to, to be a disciple of Jesus is not something that's passive. It's not something that's supposed to be made easy for you. You know, that a disciple means someone that's committed to learning and that's what we're going to do. And so, yeah, I mean, it was, I'm going to read, I, I mean, some, some days we would cover five chapters, you know, mm-hmm. just, just, and we would read every word and every verse and read a chunk. And, and my goal wasn't so much to, to preach from those texts. It was more to, to read and give just enough context, just enough background, um, that the student, that it would make sense and, and that it would connect. It would connect in the context of that book that we were reading. It would connect you know, in the context of the bigger themes and it would connect with the whole Bible. You know, I always wanted to tell them how we learn about Jesus from these portions of the old Testament. And, and that wasn't just, you know, that, that wasn't just to tell them about the gospel there, but it was, I hoped to do this deeper training of, wow, this is all about Jesus. And I have to do the work of understanding this so that I can connect this to the gospel, so that I can see the yeah. whole Bible as a whole. And, and I think one of the best ways to learn how to do that is to just see it over and over and over again. You kind of learn that that bigger approach, that bigger hermeneutic to understanding the Bible. And, uh, and you know, it was amazing that they came um, and they and they loved it. I mean, it was, I think you and I both were like, this may not work. I thought at least this is going to be fun. Um, but they, they really came and, you know, maybe it's, uh, we take for granted sometimes these are college students, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, these are, these are smart men and women. Uh, these are hardworking men and women. And I don't know why we need to treat them like they're, you know, in the youth group still, um, they're, I don't think we should treat youth group students the way we treat youth group students often. I think we should expect more out of, out of these men and women, but they were used to in their classes dealing with really complicated stuff. And so I think that format actually appealed to them. And it was, yeah, it was just really neat to, to come and see, you know, students engaging devotionally with the book of numbers yeah, and knowing how to do that, to hear them. I remember, uh, this, I think this was maybe the best moment out of this whole experience was we went on our mission trip to South Padre Islands. You know, we took our our mission trip to beach reach mm-hmm. and these, these students are trying to share the gospel with, uh, with these party goers, these spring breakers, at, mm-hmm. uh, out South, at South Island. And I remember one girl who had been coming to Mana that whole semester. And I think we had been in the book of Exodus by the, by the time we were there, maybe, maybe a little later, but, uh, but I remember overhearing her sharing the gospel with a student and, she started from Passover, from the Passover in Exodus and mm-hmm. explained the Passover and used the Passover as sort of the, the structure for her gospel presentation, you know, that, that, that was just normal for her to go to these old Testament texts to under, to, to explain the gospel to somebody else. And she did a wonderful job. And I don't know that had she spent more time reading the old Testament, that that would have, that would have made sense to her. So that was just a high point to say, wow, she gets it. She gets it enough that she's explaining it to somebody else. Uh, it was so exciting. It was exciting to see students start to connect the dots and to develop a deeper and richer understanding of the Bible. It became so apparent to me, we were recording 
your lessons. The technology was still pretty ghetto. <laughs> so we would joke. Like we were recording uh-huh. these things on our phones. And uh-huh. then we would put it up on the website. And what floored me was this was the number one thing that people were using on our website when it came to resources. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just our mm-hmm. students. They would go home and they would tell their family or they would tell their friends. Mm-hmm. And then we would start to see parents listening to Mana. We had a former student mm-hmm. who was from the Netherlands. And so when she went back home to Holland, she'd already been telling her friends about this. And so we all of a sudden <laughs> had this following in her little town. Yeah. And her We're student very big in the Netherlands. Exactly. <laughs> who would have ever thought? And so when I went to visit her um, later that year, it was so funny. She was talking to these people and she was saying, you remember, man, Stephanie works with that group. And that was how mm. she was introducing me. And so I mm. think we continue to see, first off, you brought up the point that students don't know the Bible and we take for granted and assume that they do. Second, mm. the things that they may know is going to be more heavy New Testament and specific stories. But third, mm-hmm. they don't know how to connect and they don't understand how it all weaves together to tell one big narrative. And yeah. as we were walking through that process, we got to see students connecting those dots and having a deeper understanding. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. when I think about, okay, the whole purpose behind this podcast is to help churches really start to engage college students and to think through how they can do ministry within their church to disciple these students. And so it was real easy for us to build mana into our structure because we're on campus. We see students five days a week. Sometimes we're seeing Mm -hmm. them every day. And so I just want us to think practically and kind of strategize a little bit about what could it look like for a church to provide maybe not a mana program, but something that is recognizing students need help, something outside Mm -hmm. of what they receive just in a Sunday gathering mm-hmm. that just recognizes, okay, they don't know what the Bible says. There's this biblical illiteracy. And so I just want to hear from you based on your experience. What do you think are some practical ways that churches can step into this space where they could say, we know that this is a foundational spiritual discipline problem that is impacting the majority of college students today. And not only like ex- acknowledge that it's the reality, but then to step in and to practically start to think through how can we step into this space. So if you were to sit down uh, across the table from a pastor, as we you did often when you were here at the BSM, and you got to have this conversation, what do you think you would want them uh, to walk away with? Yeah, if I was talking to specifically a preaching pastor, I would say, I know something you can do without changing any of your structures at all. And that is to be committed to expositional preaching through books of the Bible, verse by verse. I am more and more, that's, that's the way the church has historically done it. We've only drifted away from that, uh, in the last few centuries. I think we need to reclaim that. I think that not, I think, I think preaching topically, and preaching excerpts of the Bible taken out of context and jumping around contributes to this illiteracy because uh, the listeners are only going to get things in these disconnected snippets and they're not, and they're not going to really be trained in interpreting that in context and applying it the right way. So if you're a preacher, 
just commit yourself to preaching verse by verse. And you don't have to do it all the time. You can switch back and forth. But I think we need that as a, a main course in our diet. But then I also think if you're a preacher, to remember not just college students, but I think many of the people in our churches have a hard time keeping the whole story in mind when you're preaching a text. And so taking time to place that, that, you know, if you're, if you're preaching from a Pauline letter, place that a little bit in its context, you know, in the context of the creation of that church and what's happens leading up to that. If you're preaching out of the old Testament, help people see where have we come and where are we going and how does this all resolve? And I think if you can do that regularly, people are going to get in their mind that that meta narrative and they'll do a better job of placing that. So I, I think that's uh, a really easy thing is just to commit yourself to that. But other things that I think a pastor or um, not just pastors, just leaders in the church, brothers and sisters in the church that have some kind of role in shaping the younger generation, I think classes that maybe try to address uh, a, more of a Bible overview, you know, where you could do a six-week series that just kind of breaks the the scriptural narrative up, you know, into into little chunks. You could go from Genesis to Abraham, and then from Abraham through the rest of the book of Genesis, then the Exodus, then the histories, then the prophets, you know, you could just break it down a week at a time. You don't have to go real in depth, but just give people some structure to kind of place, place these parts of scripture into. I think Stephanie, another thing that we did at the BSM that was really beneficial was we did, we would do core seminars. Mm -hmm. Uh, so every, every so often, I don't think we had a real routine in that, but just when we, we felt like it warranted it and we had time, we would do kind of a two or three hour, uh, in the evening, have some, some refreshments and we would do like a longer lecture on a given topic. And we did one that was on, um, the trustworthiness of the Bible, which mm -hmm. is a huge question that college students have, you know, can, can we trust the Bible? Hasn't the Bible been translated over and over again? Uh, how do we know that the books that are in the Bible are the only one, you know, all of those questions that, that have, you know, people have answered that these students don't know those answers that we just spent time explaining. Yeah. Here's how you can trust the Bible. And here's how you can explain to somebody else that it is trustworthy. Those kind of equipping things, uh, were, were very helpful. You know, and one other thing that I thought about was, uh, and I, and I think this was your idea when we kind of started doing manna, we started thinking about these things, as you said, we need to, we need to come up with a reading plan that kind of goes along with the lessons that we're doing that we're covering in our, in our larger gathering. Um, and then these smaller studies that we had. And so you just took some time and came up with every day. I can't, you know, maybe it was a chapter a day or something. It wasn't very, yeah. it wasn't very much, but it was something that one gave them a plan for daily scripture reading, but it was one that connected to the, to the larger life of our ministry and got them kind of on the same page so that they could be reading it together, talking about it together. I think that bore a lot of fruit, just one in training that discipline of daily Bible study, but, but two, just tying us all together in the same scriptures. And, uh, I think that was, if you know, it wouldn't take much. You could even rip a, a Bible reading plan off of, there's so many good resources on the internet, but just to give 
students in your church or everybody in your church some kind of plan if they don't have one already. You know, a lot of a lot of things don't happen just because we don't have good plans. Yeah. When we would do the reading plan, I remember sitting in my office and hearing some students that were sitting out in the little lobby area and they were talking through what they had been reading that week. And Mm -hmm. in that moment, just feeling just so excited because they were getting it. It wasn't just like, I'm in the Bible and I'm reading this on my own, but there was this, Hey, I'm wrestling with this. Let's talk through it. Let's do this together. And getting, they were starting to get a glimpse of the gift of community and the role that community plays in our pursuit Mm -hmm. Uh, of our relationship with the Lord. And, and I think you're right. We were trying to take all these different things and kind of weave them together to accomplish a greater task. And ultimately that was that when students, when they would walk through our ministry, they would know the gospel. They would be growing in an understanding of spiritual disciplines and, and be able to, to sit down and know how to study God's word. And I used to, and I still say today, if my hopes would be any student that walks through the BSN, that they would be able to understand the gospel and its implications for their life. They would be able to tell somebody else those very things. And then no matter what, they could sit down, open the Bible, and to be able to to grow and to pursue the Lord Mm -hmm. in those ways. And I think that season specifically was just really rich for us in getting to see uh, students fall in love with God's word for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm really thankful for that. Um, mm-hmm. and so I appreciate your leadership and your urging and you coming in and saying, let's try this. I think a lot of times we're afraid to try new things. Uh, it might feel too big, uh, or the task, cause that was a lot of work for you. You would, as mm-hmm. you got going, it became easier. But I remember you would spend a significant amount of your time just, just preparing for those discussions. And so that can feel really big, I think, for uh, pastors and church staff and and just people in our churches that love college students. And so I appreciate just some of the ideas you threw out. Often talking with people about just sitting down with a student and just reading the Bible together. And then collectively, you're both trying to learn and grow and just the importance of that. So you're trusting the spirit to move and work and reveal in both of you. And you're getting to learn as you're reading together. Uh, it's just a That's practical, exactly easy right. way to kind of implement and recognizing here's this reality. Because you're right. It's not just college students that don't know scripture. Uh, it's becoming, I think, an epidemic within our local churches. One that those of us in leadership have to admit is there and and then step in and say, how can we respond to this issue? And so I appreciate just your insight into that. So, Chase, at the end of every conversation, I ask this one specific question. Why do you believe the local church should care about college ministry. You know me, you know, I have lots of thoughts on that. (laughs) Yeah. I, you know, we used to say, especially when we were trying to raise support for this, this really important ministry that we would explain to people. I think the statistic was about 95% of college students in, in our area in Texas, uh, were not born again Christians. And so if you, if you do the math, so you look at a school, like ours, like the University of North Texas, that was something like 30,000 non-believing students that were on a campus that was maybe a mile across every school day, you know? So if you're just thinking of it in terms of 
concentration of non-believers, uh, that's an enormous mission field that, uh, that I think anybody with any desire to reach the lost would see that and just be heartbroken and excited. Um, yeah. but then, you know, I think I be, I became a Christian when I was in college. Uh, and that's, that was a really important reason for why I wanted to do college ministry and why I think it's so valuable. Statistically, if someone is not a believer after they've graduated college, it becomes much harder for them to, to ever become a believer. And if you look at the situation that a college student is in, there's just such a high likelihood that, um, they're, they're receptive to the gospel. It's a place where they're engaging with new ideas all the time. They don't really have a career established yet. So they, they, they don't stand to lose very much by converting, by becoming a Christian. They've moved away from maybe their family. That's not believers or maybe from a certain friend group. So it's, they're just so unrooted in a good way that they're much more receptive to the gospel than, than someone else's uh, that's maybe older and in a different season of life. And then lastly, the thing that just would always get me so excited is to think who's actually, who goes to college? Cause not everybody goes to college and the people that do go to college are the future leaders of our society. You know, they're, fu- they're the teachers, they're the, the politicians, they're the people in media. UNT had a lot of media students that would go into uh, journalism that would go into marketing and design, you know, things like that. So these are people that have, that will have influence, even people coming from other countries, you know, especially the international students. A lot of them are from very influential families or, uh, government families in the countries that they're coming from, which are usually closed countries. And so to think that you can reach them and not change their trajectory at all, they'll still go into journalism. They'll still go back to their closed country, but they're going to go as Christians, that they're going to go knowing the word of God, knowing the power of the gospel and ready to share that with other people. I mean, I think, I think it's a no brainer. I think every church should be playing a part in reaching college students. I obviously agree. And that's (laughs) one of the reasons that I wanted to start having these conversations was I was realizing with every church that was within our community here in Denton, I was having those same conversations. They were asking the same questions. And I just started to think, what could I do and create resources that would help answer these questions? And not only just say, okay, here's a conversation, now go, but to start to walk with someone through practical ways of engaging students. Because I believe, just like you said, this is an essential opportunity during a very pivotal time. If we can engage really well, walk with them during their time of like discovery and provide a safe space for them to ask questions and just dive in and help them see Jesus. Uh, we yeah. have the opportunity to see the Spirit change the course of their life. And we have yeah. no idea how that is going to change uh, a community or even a country. And so I think it's just a great opportunity for us to, uh, as you said, step into a concentrated place where we know that there are thousands upon thousands of people who don't know Jesus within our own communities. So friend, I appreciate mm-hmm. you giving of your time and just sharing your expertise uh, with those that uh, may choose to listen. So as I said before, serving with you was just a joy. I'm so thankful for your friendship and the yeah. opportunity that I had just to, to see you grow and to mature and ultimately uh, lead really, really well. 
uh, in our ministry mm-hmm. and, and just your personal investment in my life. Uh, you were more than a friend. You became like a brother. And I'm mm-hmm. thankful um, just for all that you did, um, not only at the BSM, but for your personal investment for me. And so mm-hmm. when I was thinking about this and uh, how can I really place before our churches the need to equip our students to study the Bible. You were the first person that came to mind. So thank wow. you uh, again for your time. And yeah. um, I, I know that your wisdom um, will benefit anyone who will listen. So uh, wow. thank you very much. Thank you for that, Stephanie. It was my pleasure to take the time. It was my pleasure to work with the BSM. I miss you guys. I think about you often and I'm so grateful for all that God taught me while I was there. And I'm so grateful for the ministry that you do. I really think uh, it's some of the most important ministry that we can be doing. So I hope even these podcasts that you're doing help more people to, to reach young people with the word of God. That's the hope. If you would like to continue this conversation, you can contact me at stephaniemgates.com. The music was created by my talented friend, Vince Romanelli. Thank you for listening.